you need to accept the fact that things would break, things would change, and you're willing and accepting and you'll embrace it and you'll build better out of it. And I think if you have people that share the same mindset, then you can really make big things together. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. 20 Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make-A-Wish Israel and Tech2Peace and is in proud collaboration with Secret Chord Ventures, J-Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel, J-Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of 20 Minute Leaders. This episode really is awesome, trust me. It's with Yuval Magid, the Chief Operating Officer of Connect Team, where we're talking about the way that the world is changing and through digitalization, 80% of the workforce is fundamentally changing the way that they interact with their employers and the world around them. Meet Yuval, the COO of Connect Team. He joined Connect Team in 2018 as the company's eighth employee. He studied a Bachelor's of Arts at Multidisciplinary Studies at the University of Haifa and is a graduate of the Israeli Naval Academy. Prior to Connect Team, he led different business partnerships and go-to-market initiatives at Windward, a leading maritime analytics company, and served in various leadership roles in the Israeli Navy. Fun fact, he tried to be Connect Team's first investor in the early days. He used to be flatmates with Yuval and Yuval and Amir, Yuval is the COO and Amir as the CEO, they used to be flatmates. And Amir wouldn't let Yuval invest in the company as they were too close of friends. And considering the way that the company is today, um, probably would have been a good idea to invest. Really awesome episode. Thank you, Yuval, for joining me and enjoy. The Chief Operating Officer at Connect Team, such a cool company, growing, blazing fast speed. I know it firsthand because uh, as we just talked about before we started, we were sharing a similar co-working space until I was sort of kicked out because you grew too much and, uh, and took over the whole place. Uh, and I, I couldn't even uh, realize what was happening. So it, it just, it's coming from a place of, um, of a lot of respect and, uh, and honor. So I hope congratulations. You know, Michelle, it's nothing personal. Nothing personal. I love it. Um, Yuval, you know, you're looking at sort of this employee management, this non-desk employees, all-in-one company app. What, what is it with employees that you're, you guys are so obsessed about? What's happening here that this is an interesting space for you? Well, I think it's a really, really good question. Um, and maybe to address that, we need to start by other, better understanding our audience. Um, mm-hmm. So when you think about our, our customers, they're pretty much everywhere. It's all those people that are not in front of a, a desk. Many times they don't even have emails. All the tools that you and I are used to, um, things like the Microsoft Office package, emails, um, Slack, all those things are not available for this type of audience. Think about bus drivers, about sellers in um, retail stores, about cleaners, about security guards. This type of audience comprise about 80% of the market. Wow. At the end, when you take a company like Microsoft, you know, they sell to 30% of the market. The other part of the, the globe is underserved. And this is where connecting comes into the picture. Our vision is basically to bring everything employer and employee need under one roof. It's an employee management app. Can offer pretty much everything they need from day-to-day communication to things that are related to operation, such as time tracking, scheduling, digital forms, things like that. 
and a lot of things around um, the HR front. Um, so training of employees, document management, recognition, different tokens so you can incentivize them, et cetera, et cetera. So now that we understand the audience to kind of address your question, I think one of our biggest vision is to do something impactful for that part of the audience that is underserved and to help them come to the 21st century mm. uh, in the sense that, you know, they can have the same tools and same thing that they're used to from their day-to-day life in the work environment. Interesting. What, what, how did the world look like before? So sort of what, what was the world that we were living in that, that was not, I guess, trivial or suitable? Have you seen Stranger Things? So pretty much the same. Uh, like things were in the 80s. We're talking bulletin boards. We're talking funneling down communication uh, via face-to-face. Um, in today's world, maybe they're using WhatsApp and you know they're sending it to their managers. We're sending this to their managers, which are funneling it down. I think it's a, to connect to that, you know, it's, it, there's an interesting story about how Connecting was born. So our mayor, our CEO and co-founder was talking to a lot of like C-level uh, people from different industries. At the time, it wasn't yet Connecting, it was Mobile Lesson. Connecting is a pivot that was born out of Mobile Lesson. Um, so Amir met with a lot of different executives, many of them in the high-tech domain. Um, and, you know, we saw at the time we were providing um, an LMS, a learning mm-hmm. management solution. A big part of it was on mobile, which was kind of new. And then it came uh, to a really big chain of food and beverage with like 100 branches and about a 1,000 employees and was explaining to the CEO how he'll be able to teach the people at less time and they'll, uh, they'll be more attuned to customer service, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then that CEO just asked him, but will I be able to know how many employees I have at every single moment? And Amir takes a step back and he's like, you don't know how many employees you have? He's like, no, right. it takes three months for things to funnel down from the branches to me. The holiday season is coming. I need to be 30% uh, higher on the manpower side of things. And I have no idea to know if that's happening or not. And that's kind of when things wow. clicked, when we understand how much back this type of audience is um, when it comes to managing their workforce to understand what's going on in the workforce. To name another really cool example that I heard it and kind of really captured my attention was um, a very famous and big chain that provides um, beauty products. Wanted to know if employees were showing up on time to the stores, because if they don't show up uh, on time, uh, the venue, you know, the big malls, they can charge you for not opening the store on time. So what they would have done, they would look at the CCTV at the actual camera screens to see that the store opens up on time. And, you know, it, it just, it's so uh, old fashioned, it's so silly to try and run such a big operation that way, that we really understood that there is a core need to make things different. And it's not a nice to have, it's an urgency, it's a real core need to run your business in a more efficient way, to bring it to what we know from our own desk-based workspaces. So just to make sure that I, that I fully understand sort of where, what, you know, sort of the transition here, it sounds like that before the way that organizations would manage their sort of human resources and human capital, it would be through sort of these mid-level managers that would be reporting and would be consolidating this information and then trickling it down or up back to sort of the management. But now you're saying if we're able to have direct communication with the frontline employees and sort of sort of on a direct-to-consumer model, we're able to get real-time information, pass information without having to bypass through the mid-level management 
and therefore we have much more transparency and that has many implications on different verticals and you mentioned one which would be sort of even the the shopping malls which i had no idea that's how that's how it was working right yeah 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 exactly and it, you know if we want to take it to a place that people can resonate a little bit more most of us here um in israel we've done different um service works right we worked at a restaurant we might have worked in a bar things like that even small things like scheduling the ships, right? You need to put in your availability. I was at McDonald's. Exactly, exactly. So McDonald's is a very good example, right? You have your shifts. The manager needs to occupy those shifts. You mm -hmm. need to bring your availability. They need to set up all the things. And there's so much back and forth, usually over texting or over phone calls. And it takes forever and no one enjoys sure. the experience. And today you can do it with an app, a super simple app. You post your availability, you set up the different schedule, does all the movements like the shift manager, publish it to you, you get the notification, you have a reminder before the shift. Mm -hmm. You need to replace the shift. It's super easy and simple. They can approve it. They can deny it. So it's very, very easy to manage things and it removes a lot of the friction, makes the operation more efficient, make employees take more shifts, make things just more smooth. It helps the business at the end. Fantastic. How is the resistance coming in here? Because, I mean, you're changing some consumer behavior. I mean, it sounds fantastic, but I'm sure then you're, you're, you know, you're sort of re-educating a market and you're retraining sort of how people experience, you know, their work. So well, what are some of the challenges that are presented here? Um, so, Michal, that's actually a very, very good question. Um, I think it really depends on the, the time horizon. Can things really change over the past five years? And I'll explain. When we first pitched that idea initially, people should have been very, should have had a really strong foresight for the fact that employees would have an app on their private phones because this type of organi organization would never buy company phones. They mm -hmm. cannot afford it. And that they would actually use those phones for work-related purposes. And five years ago, if you had told that to someone from a VC, they would raise an eyebrow, right? <laughs> they would say, I'm not sure that's how things are going to unfold. So I think there we saw a lot of resistance. But something super interesting happened um, in terms of the market. I think there's a new generation now, both from an employee's standpoint and from a manager's standpoint, because of Facebook, because of WhatsApp, because of Instagram, because of all those private life apps that basically trained us as people to be able to consume apps in a very, very simple way. Um, way people that used to be non-technological at all today can adopt apps as long as they're built the right way, right? As long as right. you're serving the product in the right way. It's much easier to adopt. And naturally, smartphones became, you know, a commodity. Internet became a commodity. So that type of barrier went down. I don't think we educated the market. I think we had a lot of luck um, in terms of the time to market timing in the sense that the generation outside created the demand. And I just think we're at the beginning of the peak. I think we're just now starting to see people coming in, starting to require that both from the employee standpoint and from manager standpoint. You know, when you go into a company, you cannot accept it that you need to come into the office to file a pen and paper, pen and paper mm -hmm. form, like your vacation. You're like, why isn't it there a form that you submit and I approve and you know immediately and I know how many vacation days you have left and everything. It's like, so uh, it doesn't make sense for me. I want it to be different. And then you go and you search for that solution. And I think that's the audience we're serving today. Those people that are just not willing to accept the way things used to be. That new generation of managers, new generation of employees that bring things to us. So to your question, I don't think we educated the market. I think we were very lucky 
to be at the right mm. place at the right time with the right product. And from the market perspective, who is more of the sort of the pushing force? Is it the employees? Is it in the middle of a management? Who is really pushing for this to happen? Or, or is it both at the same time? Um, so today it's definitely both. I think it started like with everything you have the very early adopters. It started with those um, usually yeah. senior managers could be even business owners that just want to be head, ahead of everyone. They want to beat the competition. They want to be more efficient. They want to do things better. They want to do things smarter. And they just wake up one day in the morning and they're asking themselves, maybe there is a solution out there. And they go and they search for it. But what we're seeing today is that more and more managers that used to work with a tool like that are transitioning to other places and want to bring a tool like that. And that even employees that were exposed to a tool like that want to transition and bring a new tool. But it's very interesting to see that I think over 65, 70% of our customers are actually transitioning from pen and paper and Excel and bulletin boards. Only the other 30% are moving from a digital tool to our um, tool. Mm -hmm. Right. So it sounds like you're like still the long tail was, you know, it's a pretty dramatic digitalization shift, right? <sighs> Absolutely. I think we're, we've seen about 15%. And that's a very rough number, right? Take it with a grain of salt, but it's just the beginning of what I expect to see in terms of booming demand. I think we'll see much more um, in the upcoming years. And you can see it. You can see it in Google Trends. You can see it pretty right. much everywhere when you look at the search terms and the, the trends out there. Sure. So what becomes possible as a result of this now? So in, in a new world where teams are obviously connected and... Uh, And you have this sort of seamless communication, transparency, sort of this middle infrastructure layer that, that allows people to, to, have, to have this uh, digitalization. What, what really is enabled through this in the world around us? What are different opportunities? So I like to use the analogy of us office people getting a, um, a computer or an office suit. And all of a sudden you can do all those things, right? Think about what right. we did before we had Excel. Think about what a lawyer would do before they had words and track changes and email to send that between the sides. Think about how more cumbersome it was, how people needed to put everything in writing. So I think what becomes possible is for one, um, to have everything in real time and to get real visibility. You can close the loop directly with the front lines, super easy. If you send a message, you know who read that message. If you send out the task, you can follow up on that task. Now it's being completed. You have a much better picture when you come to do planning and operations, right? So whether it's payroll, which becomes much more smooth because you have all the information. If there are any gaps, you can easily uh, process it. The scheduling example that we gave before. Mm -hmm. So things become extremely more efficient. You're becoming much more proactive as a manager because instead yep. of trying to do the basics, you're focusing on the next levels of controlling your organization, providing the different insights. And you have everything in real time which also allows you to respond much quicker to different things that you need to do. Usually it translates to a more efficient organization, a more scalable organization, and a lot of uh, cost savings. Now, from a go-to-market perspective, obviously, you know, you have such a crazy potential outside with, with 80% of the workforce in the world, but, but still you want to grow quickly. How did you strategize on, was it sort of by verticals? Was it by types of workers? How, how did you decide sort of how to tackle this growth stage? Yeah. Um, you're touching all the right points. <laughs> so I think <laughs> in the beginning, basically what we were told is that you have to be vertical specific in order to succeed. Mm. Uh, 
But we really objected it because, you know, when you have communication, everyone needs communication. Everyone uses WhatsApp. Doesn't matter which vertical they are. And everyone needs time tracking. Doesn't matter which vertical they are. So we really try to push that all-in-one experience and not to focus on a specific vertical. And it was hard. It was hard, especially in the early days. Um, I think what guides us, we're a very product-first type of company, what people like to call PLG, product-led growth, mm-hmm. which means first and foremost, our product was our salesperson. Connecting didn't have mm-hmm. any sales or CS people until we had 500 paying customers. Actually, so, no actually. salesperson until we had 500 customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the way it worked for us is that we iterated a lot with the product. And only when we saw, by the way, we, one of the smartest moves I think we did, we removed the friction of the pricing as much as we could. We wanted to see that someone is willing to pay for the product, but we put very low price points at day one, just to ensure that people are willing to pay for it. It's something that is substantial wow. for them. And then we iterated with the product until it was mature enough, until we got the 500 paying customers mark. And from there, we started to scale. And that's when things really started booming, right? That's when you start seeing that hockeystick um, behavior. That's when we fundraised and kind of poured more resources into the equation. And um, we did a lot of early days because it was a very lean startup. We did a lot of organic uh, activity, which turned out super well. If you look at Connecting today, we are scored. Uh, we're, we have the highest scores around pretty much everything we do. Um, and then at some point, once we had the resources, we also started to do the different uh, activities you would expect, right? Uh, acquisition channels, classic marketing channels, um, different types of partnerships, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so how do you sort of as, as the company grows, you know, now from a little bit of a, from a culture perspective, you're mentioning that a big part of connecting was sort of, sort of this bootstrapping mentality, this organic growth product-led growth, low, low friction to enter. Let's make sure that we're providing value and then actually do the sale. How do you keep that sort of, a, I guess, a special commando mentality? <laughs> also, as the team is growing, well, you've raised like hundred more than $120 million. How, how do you do that? So the short answer, there is no simple answer. It's a very big challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it starts yeah. and then with the people and the mentality, like you said. Uh, we try to live and breathe the thing that guides us. Uh, you know, we have, we call that core values, but you won't see them hanged on the, on the, um, on the walls. Like it's something that we're really try, um, to work hard on a day-to-day basis with the managers, with the new employees, with everyone inside to get into the same mindset. Uh, we don't fall in love with anything. Um, we appreciate change. We appreciate people that love an environment that ever changes and know how to grow in that environment and know how to take the next challenge. Uh, we appreciate builders mentality. So people that can come and take something from scratch, you just tell them, go and open a TikTok channel and, you know, they'll mm-hmm. search it and they'll work day and night just because they're excited, not because no one told them to, and they'll figure awesome. out how to go about it and how to do it. So it really starts with how you motivate your people, how you live by the things that you say, um, and how you build that strong, strong culture. And I know people are often using that word, but at the lack of a better term, um, kind of facilitate that strong capability, those muscles that help you grow and help you deal. You need to accept the fact that things would break, things would change, 
and you're willing and accepting and you'll embrace it and you'll build better out of it. And I think if you have people that share the same mindset, then you can really make big things together. Yuval, thank you so much for such an awesome uh, episode. Uh, really, really uh, fantastic. I, I love how you're how you've all identified really quickly that you know you're there's it's not just about a fantastic product and fantastic market. It's sort of this combination of the two coming together. Um, timing is everything, understanding that the world is transitioning, um, understanding that through through sort of a humble, organic mentality, you're able to create real value only once you've seen this value. I can't believe you've only had sales when you had 500 customers. I think that's that's insane. And, and that's how startups should be, right? I mean, create real value, bootstrap, be organic, show that you have a real product and a real need, and then hockey stick growth. Um, and then you're not sort of running after your own tail. You're guiding this ship and you know where you're heading. And it sounds like all of you have a really deep conviction about what you're doing. You're understanding the market. You understand the different pain points that people have. It sounds like you were also surprised sometimes by how large these pain points were or how fundamental they were, more primitive than you even thought they would be. And so it sound, sure. that's a, just such a cool story. Yuval, thank you very, very much. Thank you, Michal. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. 